Hello, Flynnvi here. So, things got weird. After Marvelous made his wish, I woke up in my dad's office in a world that's completely different. Marvelous is the proper ruler of the city, and there's a huge portal to hell in the sky, and none of my friends remember our adventures. I tried to track them down, and everyone's freaked out because in this world, I have my dad's job, and I sell weapons, which I really don't want to unpack right now. And I found Karen, but we need to get the others and put everything back the way it was before something terrible happens. Eesh. everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the janice and Bruford's parchment company my name is penny d and i'm going to be your alternate universe dm because that's what that's where we at that's what we're doing today guys say hi players hi players now i feel like a fool <laughs> and if i was to play a disney character on a like a stage musical like a live musical on stage i think the character i would most be interested in playing is yzma from the emperor's new groove mm-hmm. oh god such a good poll because she's such a camp villain villains are by far more fun to play than uh than heroes oh, to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a great costume she's such a camp villain the costume with the big eyelashes and the like just pure evilness and would be really funny i imagine the costume changes uh when spoiler for a movie that came out 25 years ago uh, she gets turned into a cat would be really fun yeah that would be my character i think hello everybody my name's liz and i play karen the Dwarven Barbarian and CEO of the Janderson Breffitt's Parchment Company. Ooh, what's up with that? I know, right? Isn't that weird? Last time I heard, she was only a manager. Anyway, if I was to play a Disney character on a live show, now this is this is funny because when we came up with this, I knew I knew my character immediately because when I when I graduated from school we had a big party and it was Disney themed because we were the Disney generation. I graduated 13 years ago. It's, it's don't, don't, don't think about that. Disney stopped uh, after that. I'm pretty sure. I think Disney stopped after that too. Yeah. And everybody got assigned a character and my character was Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Oh, perfect. And I'm snapping. I'm snapping. Hang on. Perfect casting. Perfect casting. So I would be Stitch. I can do a pretty good Stitch voice. You know, I can't really say anything, but I can kind of go. Um, okay, so Discord stopped recognizing what you were doing as a human voice, and we didn't yeah. hear that at all. Yeah, no, that's see, see, perfect. You can't go past that because he's not a human; he's an alien. And also, I'm playing him in the in the stage musical. It's and really it's- good casting. You have the perfect energy to play stage. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like you could easily murder someone, but you're also like really sweet. Yeah, I get the best of both worlds. I get to play the the villain and the hero. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Nathan, and I play Flynnva, the now warmonger. No, <laughs> <laughs> the pretend halfling bard taking over Daddy's business. So terrifying. <laughs> and he hates it. No. So my Disney character would uh, be uh the genie. Yeah. Because he's camp and fun. Yes. You'd make a great And he genie doesn't mind well. being on his own for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He just makes so such a good fun. genie. 
I think so he's a really good genie. I could see that. And he's so kind, and he's so cool. Would you be playing the Robin Williams genie or the Will Smith genie? Uh, Robin Williams genie. There's only uh, one genie. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a good story. Okay. As a standalone. Well, that's right, because Disney ended 13 years ago, so there was no Will Smith genie. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's We're, we live in an alternate <laughs> universe as well. <laughs> Someone used their wish scroll much better for than what we did over here. Yeah. <laughs> Same, Disney. <laughs> Hi, I'm Poppy. I play Ida for the Tiefling uh, model that moonlights as a spy. Actually, <laughs> Ida for International Man of Mystery. Yeah. Yeah. If I were to play a Disney character in a live show, I would be Audrey Ramirez, and I had to Google that name because I just knew her as the mechanic chick from Atlantis. Oh, great <laughs> movie. <laughs> Yeah, like, I love her. She's the one who's got the like hard Michelle Rodriguez energy, right? Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> and like, <laughs> she's got the most comfortable looking overalls. She got a sweet thickness to her. She's sassy as hell, and she's powerful. And that's exactly what I would want to be on stage. <laughs> and she knows how to fix cars, and I think that would be one thing that I'd love to know how to do. Oh my god! <laughs> right. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie, and I play Pinky, the human person that now showers regularly and brushes his hair because he's really cool and rich and successful and that's what people do. <laughs> that's what cool and rich successful <laughs> people do yeah that is what they do and if i was to play a disney character in a live action uh theater musical i would play ariel from the little mermaid one because she is my favorite princess and two i also think it would be fun to like swim around on stage and you know stage magic and <laughs> that would just be really cool to be like, that does sound fun you, you would definitely get some cool like uh you know crane crane strings to like let like, you fly around the stage and you just do the like hip thing to make it look like you're swimming that's awesome yeah that yeah that's right and then you know i wouldn't get like water in my nose and eyes because that's a huge like rational fear i have when i'm swimming underwater that's disgusting like, and like, it feels awful like it. yeah it, yeah it is so. yuck yeah <laughs> So stage magic, yeah. I think you'd be a really good fit for Ariel. I think you've got the kind of um, wide-eyed kind of optimism. That oh, absolutely. He has. Like, I'm I 16 think... years old. I can do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can embody that energy. You'd look great. You'd look great in a clam bra. Oh, and I, I feel like if you had like bra. some bright red locks. Oh, my oh, God. God. I, I would love have bright red hair not gonna lie <laughs> uh but this isn't a uh you know disney stage musical casting podcast it is a DD podcast players how do we feel about playing some dungeons and dragons oh so let's ready go. let's go it's basically like a stage musical right yeah just more death frankie Oh. You're lost in thought for a minute, and for whatever reason, you're just sort of like drifting, not really thinking about anything in particular. You find yourself daydreaming a lot these days because you're so focused that anytime you don't have something in front of you to work on, you just have these like weird visions. This one is like a big swirling, mystical swirl of red and yellow. And you're looking up at it, and you're wondering what you're supposed to do about it, and then you snap back into reality. You're currently at the the visitor center of the Imperial Palace because you recently had an invitation, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I got invited. 
totally didn't slip my mind that I had that, even though I wrote it in my diary and I told my, like, my assistant to remind me of that. <laughs> totally. The crabby-looking demon running the desk uh, is looking up at you and, like, tapping this big, like, grotty claw on the surface of the desk, just waiting for you, and, and again just says to you, Name? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, 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 Fra Frankie is my name. I'm, I'm Frankie. Uh, and he pulls out his um, invitation thing that's been crumpled up and folded in his pocket, kind of dirty. It was also wrapped in a half-eaten sandwich because, I don't know. Frankie. Something's never change. <laughs> Something's never change. Like, <laughs> and, and he just like unwraps it, takes the sandwich out, puts the sandwich just on the ground next to him, and just slides. The, the demon paper over. very much is like reaching over for the sandwich with his like. <laughs> Oh. Like bird foot claw thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Frankie gives it. Uh, he eats it while looking at the invitation and then just sort of shrugs uh, and <laughs> waves you in. It seems as though this demon is not super happy about popping some kind of desk duty. Most of the time you see them, they're walking around, you know, shoving people, um, you know, shooting things with their awesome guns. Um, this is the first time you've seen one just like sitting around. Ah, uh, unfortunate. Uh, but you carry on through to the front gates of the palace where you're led inside you've got this weird feeling of deja vu uh as you as you walk inside and you're like hey there's too many people here and then you're like no wait no that's fine there's always lots of people here i don't know why i thought that and you're shown through the palace uh into a room where uh on the far end uh there's this big glass jar like when i say a jar i mean like it's big enough for you know 50 60 people to fit inside Oh. There's a couple of other things in this room. There's a work desk uh, that you recognize to be someone's tinkering desk. There are two demons who you recognize to be Lord Marvelous's uh, two aides. Uh, one of them has like a shark head and the other one's got sort of a lizard head. And the other two people that you see in this room are, first of all, Emperor Marvelous himself, who's leaning over the desk, but kind of draped over some furniture in the background. You see, I... The fashion model whom you see on billboards every single day as you walk between work and home. And and I'm just like, don't, you know that, that thing that people do when they don't give a shit and they're just like looking at their nails and like <laughs> pretending there's something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yes. Very dismissive. Idafer, roll me a deception check. Frankie, roll me an insight check. Deception? Oh. <laughs> How much do you not give You a said check? you're pretending not to be interested. Okay. No, you're right. Yep. <laughs> 12. Frankie gets a 6. Yes. <laughs> so Frankie is Frankie. You don't know what fashion model I is doing here, but he does not care to be in this room, nor for any of the things that people are talking about. <laughs> exactly. Man, I wish I was that carefree. No one has noticed you walk in yet. They're all just kind of busy, you know. The emperor is like leaning over this desk. The two aides are like hanging around the big jar and I is just kind of like I assume just looking at his fingernails is that right looking very just relaxed and don't give a shit Frankie would just <coughs> like he starts off you know fake doing it but then it actually evolves into actual like cough he tries to clear his throat and he chokes <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god <coughs> Emperor Marvelous turns around at the sound uh, and breaks into a large, like, genuine smile uh, as he sees you. And he says, Francis, my boy, come here. 
and you've met this man many times before. He loves to um, have you near him and kind of show you off to people to talk about like, oh, this is this genius that lives in my city who armed my troops, um, who enables my army. He loves to like invite you to stuff. You don't always go, but anytime yeah. you do, he loves to like, I, I forget what the word is, but he loves to like stand next to you and absorb praise that is meant for you. He reminds me of the relationship between Flint Lockwood and the mayor of uh, Chew and Swallow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he walks up to you and he gives you, uh, he pats you on the shoulder and he says, there he is. Wow. What have you got in that brain of yours today? And kind of like ruffles your hair a little bit. Oh, Frankie would say, because obviously Mr. Marvelous is meaning like, what cool invention thing is he thinking about? But Frankie's going to be like, well, I've been thinking about uh, an automated toy that you wind up. And it's like a little monkey and it just claps. <laughs> he sort of waits for the rest like, he's waiting for you to say that it, like, explodes or something, and, and when you don't, he waits for, like, five seconds, and he he just kind of, like, shakes his head to himself, and he's like, brilliant! I can't <laughs> wait to see it on the production lines. <laughs> By the way, and he, he gestures over to this gorgeous, like, well-manicured tiefling. Have you ever met I? He came to see me in my palace today at my, at my request. Ah, uh, isn't he just a gorgeous thing to have around? Oh, uh... Frankie just <laughs> agrees. He's like, yes, yes, probably the most gorgeous person I've seen. I mean, you have to be to be a model, right? Uh, he leads you over and, and uh, like, while he was saying that last thing, he sort of leads you over so that you're all standing around now in a, in a group of three. Uh, so you're, like, part of this conversation, Idafa. Frankie is just slowly, go like, getting redder and redder, praying for the conversation to change. I put my hand out very, like... Lackluster. I'm just like, uh, I. The pleasure's all yours. Not like it's a hand to be shaken. Like it's a finger. Like it's a fingertip to be kissed. Exactly. Yeah, Frankie doesn't pick up on the. You're supposed to kiss it, so he just like grabs it weirdly and shakes it. <laughs> I imagine like from the top, like a crane claw thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like he has to look at it for a little bit and be like, okay, I'll just, I'll just shake it. What the hell? <laughs> successful. He's still weird, though. <laughs> I don't know, what's your read on this uh, lanky but still like somewhat suave looking man? He's got messy hair now because the emperor messed up his hair. But like, what's your read on this guy? You would know who he is by reputation if, even if you'd never met him before. I am underwhelmed because I assumed that someone with his reputation would have a bit more to him, but. But also, I think he's kind of oh, sweet, like adorable. That's Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he oh, says, well, never, never mind, lad. There'll be time for socializing with supermodels later. And he puts his, uh, his arm around your shoulder and leads you over to the desk. And he says, I wanted to talk to you about the potential. I'm not doing the other voice, right? So I'm just going to go deeper now. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about the potential of this invention that you've made. Uh... I think there is some there's some real promise here for a truly amazing weapon. And Frankie, you've invented a lot of things in your life, uh, and you're surprised to get over to the disc to see that uh, what's over there is just a, a plain black tile, five feet by five feet, uh, and you recognize it to be a really early invention that you haven't thought about for, like, a year. It's a gravity pad. Oh. A gravity pad? Oh, this is sort of a blast from the past he says and he he chuckles a little bit trying to make like 
uh, gun guns. Would you like to tell me about gravity pads, or would you like me to explain them to you? Uh, you you could explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, so this is something you invented a long time ago. It uses uh, graviturgy magic, uh, and essentially it's something that you could stick to a surface, and then while you are adjacent to it, the gravity, like it's ba- like if you wanted to work on something on a wall, you stick to a gravity pad to it, and then you can kind of stand on the wall without needing a ladder. Again, you could like work on a ceiling or on a pole or anything. Um, it's something that like a lot of like handymen tend to use, but it's not something that you've ever thought of as being like weaponizable. Yeah, so Frankie's just a little bit sort of confused. It's like, well, what what other limitation? Like, uh, what what? But what is it like? I thought I've done all I can on this. Uh, he gestures over to the big jar at the back of the room, uh, and now you realize that the uh, the two demons uh, that you saw are uh, sort of measuring it up to stick gravity pads to the outside of it, um, and they seem to be coming up with some kind of um, like flap system. Uh, and he says, never you mind, lad, never you mind. I just wanted to see what your stock was, whether you have any of these lying around. I need another, uh, let's say, two or three dozen of them uh, for a kind of a shindig I'm throwing tomorrow. This is, uh, I wouldn't say it's going to be particularly effective on a battlefield, but I think it's just the thing for what I'm working with. Oh, I mean, I could always uh, throw a few more together. Uh, you... Do you think I could send some men over or some demons over to uh, your your warehouse and pick up another few? Because I'm going to need them pretty quick smart. Yeah, yeah, that, that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, yeah. uh, Frankie quickly notes it down. He shoves a contract in front of you. Uh, it seems to be a, an order. Uh, first of all, he's scrubbed out the price uh, so that he wouldn't be paying for them. Uh, but secondly, like there's a bunch of legal jargon in there about him having the right to uh, to use them in any way that he sees fit. Uh, I feel like Frankie would have had these sort of shoved in his face quite a bit working with him. I uh, feel like Frankie wouldn't necessarily take the time to like read it. He would just be like, okay, this is another one. And he just signs it, sort oh, no. of, without thinking. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much, lad. Uh, would you, would you care to eat? Uh, I, I realize that, uh, I've, I've just about used up my friend I's time. Uh, so I think he might be about to leave, but, uh, I, will you be back tomorrow for the, uh, for the celebration that we're having? Yeah, of course. It sounds fantastic. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. I can't wait to have you at my side while we revolutionize the city. It's going to be a wonderful eye-opening time for everyone. (laughs) Frankie cracks up at that because... Puns. He's like, <laughs> good one, boss. Eye opening. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're a good lad. And he pats you on the back just like a little bit too hard that you like kind of stumble a little bit. Uh, and he sort of half heartedly asks you if you'd like to stay and eat, but you can tell that he got from you what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'd, I'd love to stay, but I, I, I gotta go and you know sort out your your order now. So uh, I'll just mosey on. Out of here! He doesn't know how to like end the conversation. Just like slowly walking sideways. (laughs) Yeah, finger guns. Like, see you tomorrow. Awkwardly. Yeah, as you're walking out of the room, uh, Idafa. Yes. You've got about everything you can get out of the Emperor today, and you know that something's up tomorrow. But an opportunity has just presented itself for one of the smartest people in the entire city to gather some information from them as well. I'm like, how about I walk you out? <laughs> uh, Frank is like, um, 
I I I already know. Wait. <laughs> Iron sis. Oh oh oh. Okay, I guess uh, that that would be would be nice. Uh, Frankie says, stumbling. <laughs> Attracting. I, I like he's interlocked my arm with his and started oh, like go towards the door. And then uh, Marvelous calls back. Uh, Thank you both very much. I'll be seeing you tomorrow. Francis, come by the park at around uh, midday, will you? Sure thing. Hmm. <laughs> And he laughs a re- very regular, not evil emperor, <laughs> emperor laugh as you both uh, leave the room, heading back towards oh, the door. What was that? <laughs> you know, it's a 90s anime villain woman laugh. Oh, oh, oh. Karen. Yes. You have sitting in your little meeting space in your office that used to be your husband's office probably the most premier weapons dealer in the entire city very dangerous and you've heard shady man who has come into your office like the weirdest stuff happened and you invited him to sit down and explain himself. <laughs> his behavior since he arrived has not matched his reputation one bit mm, yeah very very different so Karen kind of, she goes to the door and she looks out and she says, um, wait, what's our receptionist's name again? I think it was Darlene. Darlene, Darlene. it was Darlene. But it's not in this universe. There is another receptionist who is a dwarf. Linda. <laughs> you tell me what her name is. Well, his name. So receptionist can be guys too. Karen's been hiring women. Her name is... Samantha. <laughs> Fantasy Samantha. Great, yeah. So Fantasy, you're um, Fantasy Samantha. <laughs> I was gonna suggest Stevia because she's really sweet, but you know deep down that it's fake. Oh my god. Oh. Oh. She hurts my tongue. It changed my mind. Her name is her name is Stevia. Um <laughs> that's perfect. Uh yeah, what do you say to her? Karen goes to the door and she pokes her head out. She says, uh, Stevia, darling, would you mind going and grabbing some high tea for us? I'll be taking it in the office. Two sets. All the cakes and little sandwiches you can muster, please. <laughs> she nods sweetly and then rolls her eyes once she thinks that you can't see. I can see. Karen thinks that uh, this nervous man in her office needs some cakes. Such a mum. You gotta feed the nervous man. <laughs> yeah, some cakes and some sweet, very sweet tea. So she goes back and she sits down. She says, sir. Uh, so, uh, Miss, Mr. Onagon, if I am to believe you, uh, you are not a bloodthirsty weapons merchant, but instead a hero of some kind, and you, uh, you know me because you used to work here. Is that correct? Yes, yes, I was... I was almost top of the sales quite a lot. Oh, well, congratulations. We could we could actually do with some good salespeople in our team at the moment. It's pretty dire out there. Oh, but anyway, sorry, don't mean to bother you with work talk. Uh, <laughs> we can discuss it later. Maybe it's maybe it's a sales funnel. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Karen kind of wants to pick his brains about why the sales have been very good at right now, but she's... <laughs> and Flint's like, actually, I'd yeah, quite like to do I that too. <laughs> Five minutes later, you guys get into the real shit. The tea has arrived. There are cakes. Flynn's already had two or three of them while explaining some basic sales <laughs> techniques. 
Uh, and then you both realize that you're here to talk about something else. Yeah, it's true. But you know what? That five-minute conversation has kind of proven to Karen that Flynn is who he says he is because this is this is not a weapons dealer at all. This is a like a sales merchant. He's he's a sales genie like. He has great customer service. He works closely with his clients. He's not like this big, huge billionaire man. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is a, this was this was great actually for assuaging Karen's mind a little bit. And she says, um, "Mr. Mr. Onagon, tell me about this axe." And she kind of picks it up again, and it feels good in her hands. How did you get me to summon this? I mean, I was, I was, I was it's... really nervous. To be fair, I did not know what exactly would happen, but all the times that we've kind of been under the pump, you know, un- under the under the pinch, and, and had something happen, our amulets have always come through for us. And I thought, right, I've still got mine for some reason. You've still got yours. Let's see what happens. And then I was actually just really hoping for the best, if I'm to be honest. And it worked out, which is basically how all our adventures start and finish. So. No, it's pretty on point. <laughs> well, I'm 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 glad it worked out, Mister Onagon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and and these amulets, um, they are magical. Obviously, okay. are they electron based? How do they work? I've never. I'll just I'll just pause you there, Karen. Oh. Um, you have not really had that much experience with electrum. It would not be the first thing that you would go to. Wouldn't I? Um, you know of it, but it's definitely not like. It's not something that you, like, keep around. Right, so Alicast hasn't done her thing. Who? Oh, my. Okay. Oh. All right. She died in a cave. All right. <laughs> that, that, okay. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> so these, these amulets, they're magical, I suppose. Um, are they artifacts of some kind? Left over from the, the previous age? Yeah, so... <laughs> They, yeah, they, they belong to the gods. Oh. Well, at least, you know, like, wrapped down and around that. And so um, we kind of were like, we accidentally got given them, and then we've slowly been finding out their origin, and we didn't really know. We were just paper country people, you know, and in the interim of doing jobs at a Patrick company, we were going on adventures, and, you know, a couple of handbags and fingers got lost in, in between, and oh. um, friendships were made, and now it's just really important that we put the world to right because there didn't used to be a giant hellscape that was the kind of horizon you know that's 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 not the norm and it's not right and a very very bad man made a wish on a very very powerful spell to make this world like this but i'm not quite sure why that wish he said i wish to be the emperor (laughs) that kind of wish wasn't i don't know why that made me to be like my dad's role or you to be like jade you know where is where is janice like where's the small well well dressed no oh janderson janderson retired a couple of years ago i would say he's probably at his retirement home retirement. yeah at his family at his family town um oh i forget the name it's it's lovely it's all in the forest and yeah, stuff. there's a lazy susan we went there once yeah um there was vampires and ida got naked lazy susan there were vampires? Yes, the Lazy Susan, you're right. I, I, okay, okay, okay. So, two, for two things. You said that a very bad man wished to be the emperor, and that's why the world is the way that it is. And there's a 
big old hellscape on the horizon. Trust me, I would prefer it if it wasn't there too. Are you talking about Emperor Marvelous? <sighs> yes, but in my world and our, our, our world, he's just a gangster, a bad gangster that has like overalls and a top hat and minions and shit like that. But overwhelmed. Come, 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 another cake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, eat another cake, darling. It's, it's okay. Have a, have a sip of tea. Don't drink too fast. Yes, yeah. it's okay. And, you know, I have no idea where to find Idafer or Frankie. And they could be gone in the world, and that's just terrifying. Karen, roll me a history check. <laughs> What's my history? What's my history? <laughs> that's pretty good anyway, though. 22. Oh, wow. Nice. You know that they're the only Idafer that you know is a famous fashion model whom you've never met, but you see on billboards and you see a lot of uh, replica statues of him and, you know, shop windows and stuff. You don't have enough information about the other name to know who that is. Yeah. Karen says, oh, Idafer. Yes. Do you mean I? I mean, yeah, but. Come and have a look at this. And she leads Flynn over to the window and she points out of it and you can just see kind of past a couple of buildings. There's a billboard on the side of one of them and it's just kind of peeping out and it's this huge face and he's doing the blue steel and he's selling (laughs) perfume. And it says, I love to smell like... I love to smell. Roses. Some... <laughs> the writing on the billboard says beauty is in the nose of the uh. beholder and completely missed the, the obvious pun that was smacking them in the face. <laughs> What's the pun? It would eye. be the eye of the beholder. Yeah, the eye of the beholder. Oh, fuck. <laughs> beauty is in the nose of the beholder. Yes. I love uh, yes. this. I love this. I mean, amazing. I that's way better than the janitor. Um, but that's, that's our <laughs> yeah, eye. That's it's our... way better than I. That's that's way better than I love to smell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she points out the window and she says, "Is that is that who you're talking about? The tiefling? He's very famous." Well, that's that's this world's version of that item. Um, <laughs> a bit of shade thrown, okay. <laughs> and, and he was a janitor. Yeah, it, it was. I I can't I think he was good. I'm I'm not sure. I don't even. I don't know. Excuse me. So much shade. (laughs) I can't quite believe that he's. Well, this this universe's version of Flynn is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's so famous. He got picked up right out of right out of school, and he's been working for years. And I, I believe he even has the ear of well, the ear of Emperor Marvelous, but not the. Sorry. Um, so, uh, for some reason, in, in Michael's <laughs> wish, we've also become kind of somehow successful, even though I'd rather Different. not. I don't like my success. But, you know, <laughs> that's beside the fact. <laughs> okay, so well, so we could look up I and book him for like a an event or something to, 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 to get him on our side so we can chat to him and I can also... Uh, oh. Get him to know who he is. Well, that's not a bad um, idea. But I would like help to find out a way to get him to know who he is without attacking him because that was kind of scary. Um, could have gone very that well. That was very scary. Yeah. Uh, Flynn. I, I panicked. I have a very important question to ask you before I agree to help you with this. Okay. Is Barry in your world? Yeah, and your kids. Wait, do you have kids in and, this world? My... Do you have a husband in this world? Yes, of course. Three, three of them. Three of them. Yes, and and Barry's my husband. And, and... That's way too many. 
Okay, okay, okay. Uh, then I will help you. Yeah, Barry's so lovely. He's like the ultimate house husband. Oh, that's that's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. He crochets for you, I'm pretty sure. Oh, <laughs> he does. He's he's very good at sewing. He's a he's he's wonderful at embroidery and. <clears throat> uh, okay. I'm glad to know your marriage is working. So is he here? So, yep, cool. You've got your family here as well. That's great. Uh, well, I, um, uh, I'm sure they'll be fine if we unwish it. It's fine. No, okay. I, I was, yes. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. Okay. So we could do an event. Seeing as you're in here right now, uh, we could host a small, oh, I haven't done one of these in many years, but a, a small gathering for various well-to-do people of the city. There's meant to be a big event with the Emperor. He's doing something tomorrow. I do not know what it is. But we could organize a small, intimate kind of gathering. Music, food. Yeah, just tell them it's exclusive and don't invite half of them and then the other half will just come. (laughs) Very exclusive. Happening at JBPC. You know... A place to gossip before the big before the big event. I suppose this could this could work quite well. Yes, we're probably best not to tell them that you're here, but maybe that you're sponsoring the event, so they'll know that there's a lot of money involved. Because if you're here in person, uh, Mister Onagon uh, Flynn, you're very scary in this world, and I don't think anyone will show up. What? I'm how? I you. I mean, I am pretty scary. I'm yeah. I'm I'm a. Yeah. <laughs> well, meeting meeting you like this, Flinvar, I'm quite I'm quite unsure as to how we ever got that impression in the first place. But you know, hey, I can hold my own. But I don't go around, you know, shaking my fists. I'm at sure you can you. after you after you threaten me with that sword. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, yeah, and okay, Karen kind of stuffs yeah. a cake into her mouth and she gets a little bit nervous again. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I can do that immediately. I'll send out the invitations. We've already got the paper available. And we'll get some caterers. Good paper. And we'll just we'll just go. It's going to be a happening. It's a happening. Yeah. It's it, we used to do it in our, in my youth. It's very dwarvish. So Oh gosh, can I uh... it's it's very cultural. They'll love it. Karen, you know that uh, to book I, you would need to go to uh, his agent's office, which is in the North District. You would need to physically go there to get a booking with him at such short notice. All right. But that bringing a guy like Flinvar Onagon with you may get you to the front of the line. Mm, exactly. All right. So what Karen's going to do is she has fantastic calligraphy. So she's going to write up a very quick invitation. It just says, The Happening, 6pm, Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company. She writes out two of them, and she takes one of them to Stevia, and she says, Stevia, darling, I need the scribes to copy down these. Let's say, ooh, 40 of them, and we'll have them delivered to various dignitaries around town. Doesn't matter if they turn up or not. Doesn't matter who they are. I also need... a. Dwarvish caterers, it's a happening, you know what to do. Yes, ma'am. You know, happenings were all the rage back when I'm sure you were a child. And we'll make them the rage again, Stevia. I is going to be coming. Wait, 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 wait. Like the I? Goodbye. And she kind of flounces <laughs> out of the door, holding the other invitation. And she says, Mr. Onagon, if you will, 
kind of holds out her arm for um, Flynn to take it, oh. and she flounces out of the door. But mind if I do? <laughs> Ido and Frankie. Yes. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Ido led you to the door of the palace. Uh, did you chit chat or were you mostly chill with him? Frankie would have like had like an internal like pep talk like, okay, you know, <laughs> yes, he's a really good looking guy. Let's make him better than you. You're super cool now. Like, cool. You know, cool, confident. Uh, yeah, so he would have made polite conversation i guess but walked with purpose and also he's got a lot to do now uh but yeah roll me a performance check frankie <laughs> performance Sweet Jesus. okay let's go Ooh, that is a not natural 20. Ooh. <laughs> i think it's probably worth recognizing that ido doesn't really care what he has to say until he answers the questions that ido has <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blabs about inane nonsense all the way to the door, and you're like, I have to go check in with the boss man anyway, and it's on the way, and you decide to walk with him. Like, you're, d- you're done with the palace for today. Okay. You decide to walk with him, and you'll see if you can get anything out of him uh, on your way, and eventually when you're ready, you'll just break off and go back to HQ. Yeah. Okay. So... We go roleplay this thing? Yeah, you're walking down the, you know, very well manicured streets of the North District, headed south, uh, just walking and talking. Hmm, Marvelous has spoken a lot about you. What is it that you do? I think a better question is, what don't I do? (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, what do you do? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, It's like, I... I am, I don't want to say, you know, when the emperor has wants, desires, comes to the only man that he knows he's going to get it from. And he says, like, as an example, and he points to, like, a street light. And he's like, before, you used to have to light those by hand. Now it's continuous. Oh. I did that. Oh. Uh, and he'll just point at, like, various little things around and just be like, yep, that was me. You know, kind of like uh, Maui from uh, Moana, and he's singing his song, You're Welcome, be like, uh, you know. I was, <laughs> was going to say, this is giving, like, tradey boyfriend vibes, like you're walking down the street. I worked on that roof. I worked on that fence. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I put in those windows. <laughs> I invented yeah. that gun that that demon is holding. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you... Begin working with the emperor. Well, he he came to me. He is a smart man, and uh, he realized that I'm probably a smarter man. Uh, Frankie says because he's starting to forget how to speak. Uh, and uh, you know, he recognized my potential. He sat in a few of my classes that I was uh, teaching at the university, and. Uh, he made me an offer I could not refuse. Offer? Really, I, I really couldn't couldn't refuse. It was in the contract. Oh, oh what was the offer? <laughs> to... Do you want some help with us? Yes, please. <laughs> you are basically, like, set up for life in terms of wealth. You sold your gunpowder patent to uh, Onagon War and Weaponry and agreed to let them mass-produce this, like, 
combustion rifle that you've that you've created you have enough money basically to do whatever you want just tinker for the rest of your life you don't even have to come up with anything useful but you still do yes wow yeah sold your uh sold your soul sold your soul (laughs) (laughs) that's so interesting Adifa. yes uh roll me an intelligence check oh come on penny (laughs) 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 that is a nine oh you don't know how, but you are pretty sure that your employer, that your boss man, will find this guy really valuable. If you can get him to HQ, you're, you're not sure whether or not, like, how. Oh, I know how. But someone, <laughs> someone this smart, someone this, like, this capable, your employer will find him very useful. Oh, my God. I've had a sudden brain blast. I know who I Okay, Jimmy Neutron. I, I know who Idafa's employer is. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Whatever. I'll we'll see. I'm making a some wait there. Is it written in my thing? It is. It is written in there, right? Didn't you say before? We yeah, started? exactly. Yeah. I'm being KG on purpose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously that comes to my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, he would be great. So I'm like, oh, actually, speaking of fixing things, uh, do you have just a moment to pop by my place? And uh, fix something. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> I've got some pipes that need to be cleaned. <laughs> like, well, why don't you get a plumber for that? JBPC after dark. <laughs> okay, no, but I didn't actually say that because I figured, no, no, yeah, no, you'd no, just no, say no, get a plumber. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Frankie. Is not picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank, like, well, what, what do you need? I'm, I'm, I've got to sort some stuff out for the emperor, and you know what kind of man he is, and uh, you know, what do you need from? I know, I know. Um, but this won't take long, I promise. Uh, Ida for persuasion, Frankie insight. Can I be performance, please? Sure. Because I'm putting on a sexy little baby. It can also be deception if you want. Then you are trying to trick him. I mean, to be honest, I can I can imagine Idafer just walking and talking until he gets to his front door. Yeah, and, yeah, that's like Frank is, Frank is just there, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I'm here now." <laughs> Don't need to roll high. Also, Frankie's not okay. very insightful. Well, it's a twenty-two for performance. <laughs> Yeah, no, Frankie only rolled an eight, so. <laughs> Frankie, you don't know why this guy doesn't just call a handyman. He probably has the money for it. <sighs> Maybe he's got something especially interesting that a regular handyman just couldn't deal with. Yeah, yeah. Frankie's a bit like, uh, okay, like, fine, I, I guess. Like, like, real quick, I've, 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 got, I've got a little bit of time. Yep, 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 let's go, let's go. So the two of you uh, break off your original path. Uh, Idafa, you're not hitting home. You're hitting for Resistance HQ. And along the way, you find yourselves uh, coming up on just a little bit of commotion. Yes. <laughs> you guys are supposed to make intrigued noises, and then I'm going to switch oh. to Flooding Karen. Oh. Noise. Commotion. In the ocean.
Kia ora, Penny here. Sorry about the quality of my delivery today. I happen to be sick while setting this up, but I wanted to make sure the episode went out on time, so please bear with me. Thank you to all our Patreons for supporting the show. James Courtright, Sam Sara, Secretly Ed Sheeran, Don't Tell Anyone, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Violet, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed One NZ, Andrew Evans, Luna Chris, William Evans, Steffi James is Awesome, and Danielle, the tea lady, lady of the tea. I really appreciate your support, and I'm glad to hear that you're coming back each month to uh, get a little bit more goodness. I hope you are enjoying the exclusive content I've been posting. It's nice to be able to put up a giggle that wouldn't fit into the show otherwise. If you're interested about supporting the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast, and you can become a supporter for just a couple of bucks a month. You can also find us on socials at facebook.com slash and on Twitter at at jbpcpodcast. Music credits, thanks to Diala for All That I Am and Slipping Away, Telecasted for Beckoning, Track Tribe for High Noon, Half Dot Cool for Instabeat Vixens, Bail Bonds for Summer Solstice on the June Planet, and Anno Domini Beats for Warzone. Our next episode will be out in two weeks, planned for November 5th. We'll see you right back here then. Bye for now. Lynn and Karen. Yeah. First thing you do is you hop on a train. Karen, you lead Flynnvar straight to the local like train station where it like, leads up the stairs to the thing uh, where you could hop onto the centipede train. And it is not quick because every 10 steps, Flynn's like, that place used to make cat food. That oh place my used God. to sell newspapers. That guy used to wear a blue hat. That lady wasn't pregnant in my dimension. It's been 18 months since Emperor Marvelous took to the throne. Flynnvar, it's quite possible that she was, but she just wasn't showing yet, or you know, it hadn't happened yet because, uh, I don't know <laughs> It is implied to us that people. That's the one that Karen got fixated on for some reason. She's a mother <laughs> The pregnant lady <laughs> You take the train to the North District uh, You sit quietly and roll me uh, perception checks, both of you Perception 20. Oh a natural 20, 25. All right. Karen, the amount of, like, whispers and people looking at you out of the corner of your eye as the two of you travel together makes you feel really uncomfortable. You can hear the words Stonecutter and Onagon being whispered uh, to one another around the train, like, over the top of the clackety-clack. Then <laughs> you also like you get that every time you look at someone like you would every day when you take the train you like meet people's eyes and smile at them maybe tip your hat a little bit every single person you meet eyes with immediately breaks gaze and looks somewhere else oh, that's sad <laughs> you travel on the train for 15 minutes uh you hop off uh at a north district station and you go down the stairs and when you get to the bottom of the stairs you are stopped <laughs> And you turn around and you can see uh, a tiefling guard uh, flanked by a uh, fairly gross looking like slimy demon uh, flanked by a bobby. Oh. The the tiefling says to you, uh, papers, please. Yeah, Karen passes him her, her papers. Halfling. Oh, rude. But yes, here we go. The tiefling doesn't like you you know standing up for yourself and saying rude <laughs> but you re you get the feeling that the demon recognizes you <laughs> karen they're going through your papers and you realize that like they like oh stone cut wait 
stone cutter and then starts looking through the rest of your papers like taking a really close eye on them and then he turns the page and he's like you throw on some kind of happening mrs Stonecutter." invite only and you realize that the invitation you had drafted up got handed along with your uh, along with your id <laughs> uh, and the the demon is uh is is checking it out oh well a pre a small pre-celebration in anticipation for emperor marvelous's big news tomorrow roll me a persuasion check with disadvantage is he just upset that he wasn't invited <laughs> <laughs> probably oh that is a 16. The tiefling uh, snatches the papers away, looks you up and down, and says, uh, uh, Stonecutter, secret meeting. <laughs> and then they, they, they whisper to each other for a moment, and you hear the word insurgency being thrown around, Karen. And in your head, you hear a voice. Oh! It says, Now, ma'am? Not yet, she says back in her head. Are uh, you almost imperceptibly shake your head mm-hmm. uh you know that whoever has that voice can see you mm-hmm. and then the demon and the tiefling turn around and they they uh they shrug and they like elbow the bobby uh who starts like lurching over to you yeah. um and basically like grabs onto you trying to hold you in place uh while the uh while the tiefling and the uh make an attempt to handcuff you hey, hey, hey. the demon says uh you wanted for questioning for uh, this little bit of uh, suspicious gathering against the Emperor, I don't think that he would be all that impressed to know that a stonecutter's gathering people to talk about him. It's not. It's not about my family. It's about making new friends and connections with Mr. Onagon the broker of bloodshed and then she kind of whispers to the demon and she says it might be my family name but it is not me i live here in ymir city i'm loyal to ymir city don't lump me in with them karen roll me a history check yeah i (laughs) you've heard stories that the guards just kind of arrest whoever they feel like Mm. some people come back with you know having you know been beaten to a pulp some people don't come back. Mm. And she kind of, she looks at Flynn, like, be the broker. <laughs> and as you're making this commotion, as you're like trying to defend yourself, as you're being handcuffed, mm. other guard patrols start gathering. You see uh, another another three, mm. uh, bringing you up to a total of three bobbies, uh, three demons, and just one human and two tieflings. Mm. Uh, as they all start to gather and kind of like point and snicker you can hear a lot of whispers and you can hear a lot of stone cutter being thrown around flynn what do you do so flynn's going to cross his arms and just tap his foot and kind of like look down through his brow he's like you are interrupting my day and you don't want to know what happens when you do that i reckon flynn should try doing like a mafia accent (laughs) you don't want to know what happens when you disturb on my day? This, the day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> the day of my train ride. I can't, I'll I put can't. a freaking horse head in your bed. The tiefling that you're talking to, who's seen your papers and knows who you are, puts up his hands to you and he says, Listen, um, Mr. Onagon, all due respect to you, uh, but we gotta stand in order to, um, what's the word, uh, detain any uh, suspicious dwarves 
that might be related to the insurgency. And uh, look, I don't want to get in the way of your day. Just continue on with what you're doing. What I'm doing. And uh, we'll just take this one. No, no. They are organizing things on my behalf. And what I'm doing is gathering a collective of well-to-do people, which has nothing to do with you because you are not well-to-do, to have some sandwiches and look at pretty people. Karen, the bobby pulls <laughs> on your arm hard and it hurts. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until the next train leaves because there'll be some, there'll be extra sound. There'll be, you know, maybe a whistle, maybe some smoke. It's a centipede train. Sure, let's say the train that you just got off of, uh, everyone has disembarked and everyone has embarked yep. and it is just pulling out now with that like scratchy, clackety noise that they make as they as they pull into speed. Yeah, and as it, the train kind of leaves and the sound kind of shakes through the station, it it distracts everybody for a moment. Karen says in her brain, now. The scene around you erupts in a, a swift chaos as from like from rooftops above you from like behind bushes and lampposts and from people who were dressed in plain clothes what <laughs> insurgency dwarves who have been <laughs> following you since you left the parchment company with this stranger oh my god your personal insurgency guard take action oh uh, there are at least a dozen of them moving so quickly moving so quietly as they all run to deal with the bobbies uh, who are surrounding you. Holy shit. <laughs> Flynnvar, you are so confused by what is happening, <laughs> but through the chaos, you see something really, really concerning. <gasps> you see Frankie and Idafa walking in arm in arm right towards you. Oh gosh. Everybody roll for initiative. <gasps> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Everyone for themselves. <laughs> Um, I got a 15. Yes, I got a 14. Karen got a 12. Uh, Frankie got a 10. Wunderbar. So the insurgency dwarves are going to go first. Uh, they're all dressed head to toe in black and they're carrying hand axes uh, in each in each hand because uh, great axes are a bit more suspicious to lug around, but you can hide a hand axe. Oh, yeah. Each of the insurgency dwarves is going to uh, jump uh, four of them apiece onto each of the bobbies, of which there are three. So there are 12 insurgency dwarves um, are each going to basically dogpile the three bobbies in an attempt to disable them. I'm going to roll a strength contest. The bobbies have plus five. That's 15. And the insurgency dwarves have plus three. That is 17. For just a moment, the super powerful, like, armored flesh golem guards are disabled for just in a moment while uh, all of Karen's insurgency dwarves basically jump on them. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, is How about the one that's holding my arm? Including that one. Awesome. Uh, it, is the, it is the Bobby's turn next. They have not received an order, so they are just going to, they're not going to have their turn. Idafa, you are up next. Ahead of you, you can see a strange commotion. Uh, and you can see the Broker of Bloodshed, uh, like, staring at you. Okay, I'd like... <laughs> it was never established what I was wearing, was it? Was it? Tell us what you're wearing. <laughs> okay, so in my mind, I have, like, a black kilt on with, like, shorts underneath because, like, I know, I know I have to be ready for battle at any point. And I'm wearing just a kind of an oversized singlet that has a black kind of scarf underneath 
And as soon as I see commotion, I pull up the scarf so it's covering my face like a ninja. <laughs> I mostly just want to check out the area because in my mind I want to keep Frankie safe. Or Francis. Roll me a perception check. Oh, that's a 29. Oh, 29? Yeah. Uh, you have seen something else. So the, the situation as it stands is at the very bottom of the stairs that would lead up to the nearest train station. There is some kind of kerfuffle. There are guards attempting to arrest a dwarf that you don't know. Also, Flinvar Onagon, the broker of bloodshed, appears to be there. That a bunch of random dwarves dressed head to toe in black have like shot out of every direction, you know, jumped down from rooftops, appeared from windows, jumped out of bushes, and are jumping all over the muscle guards uh, that, that you know to be those big automatons. But there's one thing that you see that nobody else has seen yet, which is behind everyone else, riding towards the scene on a white horse, you can see the Admiral. Uh, Admiral Cherish with his squire coming at full speed towards the seat. Are they coming like the opposite direction of me? Like this kind of straight ahead or? The commotion sort of facing you and the uh, the Admiral uh, is heading towards you from the other side. Okay, quick thinking, quick thinking. Question. Yes? Is Idafa as a spy, how um, how aware is, is he of the Dwarven insurgency? I'm sure I'd know something, right? Idafa, roll me a history check. Okay. It's 19 as well. Uh, there are two major factions that oppose the rule of the Emperor, who are both pushing back in their own separate ways. They've not yet, they don't work together, they're just both working in the city. The Resistance, of which you are a member, and the Insurgency, which appears to be entirely uh, composed of dwarves from the Forge. So, are they just kind of like, did you say they're kind of the opposite to me, like they're the other people that are doing... Uh, so they are the other faction that is opposed to the Emperor. Yes, okay. They, they are they are technically on the same side as the Resistance, but even though you're a member of the Resistance, you don't know anyone in the Insurgency. Okay, sweet. Is there like an alleyway to the side that I could push Frankie into? Frankie, do you allow yourself to be shoved or would you like to push back against this? <laughs> no, Frankie would not uh, allow himself to be shoved. <laughs> Strength check, skinny boys. <laughs> Aww, we're both skinny uh, boys. Oh god, we're so skinny. <laughs> Our strength. Uh, uh, this is going to be uh, like a, a, uh, seven, a seven and a nine. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Okay, so it's just strength, like straight strength, or is it? Uh, yeah, no, it would, strength. I guess it would be. It would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would just be strengths versus each other. Like you can both do athletics as well if you want, but I'm pretty sure neither of you have proficiency in athletics. So. Yeah, no. uh, so um, you got a two, and you got a five. <laughs> Frankie, you are you are shoved not very convincingly into a nearby alleyway. But only like a foot into it. You're like now technically in the alleyway, but you're still standing. But Frankie would just be push like, him a little what? further and be like, "Stay here." Oh, okay, okay, you could say that. Okay. okay uh, Idafa, cool. you still got your movement. Are you running towards the scene? Uh, yes, I am. You would be now only twenty feet from Flynn. Fabulous. Like you've you've run towards it where there's like a bunch of commotion. You're straight in there. Awesome. Flynnvar, you are up. Where was Karen? Karen is right next to you. There's also a Bobby standing right behind her who uh is now covered in uh ninja dwarves <laughs> and there are a few other there are probably four other guards two tieflings and two demons um quite near you as well like is she still going to help him because of the quickness of what just happened she's currently free uh, although she is handcuffed i'm going to 
but I can't pick her up. She's a dwarf. <laughs> pick up a brother. <laughs> I'm going to rush up to Karen and then pull her with me. Be like, this way, this way. I see them. I see them. And just use my action to dash us and inspire um, Karen to move quicker. I'm gonna, I'm gonna inspire. Ooh. Okay, so you've used bardic inspiration on Karen. I get a D8 now, don't I? D10. D10. All right. Uh, and do you use any actions? I cast Wall of Force so that anyone on the other side of us can't get to us. You, Artifer and Karen, are now in a box of force field? Or is it a line? So there's a line, so like a wall. basically there's me and Karen, which I'm pushing towards Idafa and Frankie, and between us and all the kerfuffle, I put down the Wall of Force so that anyone coming after us will just bonk into the wall. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's fine. So go ahead and mark off your spells. Flynn, something weird happens when you cast a spell that you've never felt before. The electric tingle of magic feels like a like a burn instead. You like call magic from inside you and where it usually is like a nice like sparkly tingle, this feels more like a flame and it comes from inside you and you push it up and the wall of force appears, but in like a like a burst of fire and then the fire goes away and that invisible wall is there. Oh, that is not natural. That, that was Karen. Insides. Karen, you're next. All right. Karen says, excuse me, Flinvar. And she just, she kind of shakes her head and remembers the feeling of summoning the great ax, that great burst of energy from within her, the, the fire within her. And she wrenches her arms apart behind her to rip her handcuffs off. Roll me an athletics check. Okay. I'm going to be using the D10. Yeah, go ahead. So that is a 19 plus 5. <laughs> that is a 24. Karen, you like allow yourself to be dragged along with Flinvar away from the guards. Flinvar does something and a bit of fire pops out and then you're just like, all right. Uh, and you, you reach deep into that, that weird feeling that you felt when he touched your skin and you call it forth and, and from within you a like a harsh, painful fire erupts, enabling you to just, like, pull the handcuffs apart like they're made of candy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> We're right up next to I now, right? Yes, you are all together. Oh, friends. Oh, except for Frankie, who's 30 feet back in an alley. <laughs> His turn um, soon. <laughs> Karen turns to I and she she kind of looks him up and down and sees the bandana around his face and she goes... Uh, uh, anyway, <clears throat> Model I, Idafa. What? The insurgency has need of you. We're going this way. And she kind of, she's done to keep Flynn and Idafa running back towards the alleyway. Oh, okay. The alleyway that where I've, st I've stored Francis. <laughs> yes, where you've stored Francis. She kind of takes both of them by the elbow and she kind of spins Idafa around. And she's heading back towards the alleyway. Oh, okay. Idafa, you can choose to allow yourself to be led or not. I will, because this woman looks strong. <laughs> <laughs> she just burst into flame and uh, broke out of handcuffs right in front of you. So, yeah, she seems pretty strong. Mm -hmm. And then said the insurgency has need of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> the guards are next. The tieflings are going to... Uh, basically use their turn to command the bobbies to chase their prisoner. That is going to be their turn. Uh, and the uh, remaining, remaining ones who are humans are going to shoot arrows after you, uh, but those arrows all bounce harmlessly off the wall of force that Flynn has placed. Yay. Bonk, Frankie, it is your turn. 
before we go to Frankie's turn, did anyone touch Idafer? Yes, Karen did. Uh, where? On his elbow. <laughs> Idafer, are you wearing long sleeves? No. Karen, when you touch Idafer, there is a burst of purple light. When you touch your skin to his skin, Idafer, you now find yourself wearing... Uh, a surprisingly unfashionable hunk of jewelry, <laughs> kind of like held by a by a leather strap that bursts into appearance with a crazy amount of purple light, and and it's now around your neck and in your hand. There is uh, both a spectral rapier and a spectral sickle that you don't know where they came from, but you are running. It takes me like I am freaked out by this. I immediately drop the two weapons in my hands. Do they, like, just disappear? If you don't want them, they would disappear. Yeah, I don't want them, so they just, like, vaporize. <laughs> and then I grab the amulet and, like, just try and throw it off my neck. You can't take it off. <laughs> what What the... F- what, what is this? Keep going, keep going, keep going! Frankie, it's your turn. Okay, so Frankie sees all this. Frankie be able to see where he is. And yeah, the, absolutely, uh, you can see all of this. Push me just slightly into the... <laughs> Literally two <laughs> feet into an alleyway. <laughs> okay. First gets pushed against his will, and then watches Ido run away, which, you know, that's not a bad sight. Uh, and then... <laughs> yeah, I'd love to watch him sprint away. <laughs> and then sees this group of people, one of whom he probably doesn't recognize, like, who's that random dwarf? But Frankie's sense of, like, right and wrong, he hates when, what this whole thing has become, and kind of, it's, he feels a little bit responsible, because, you know, he... he but that's a whole other thing so what frankie does uh is he effectively going to cast a sanctuary on karen oh karen you are now uh blessed with sanctuary uh anyone who tries to attack you uh will have a hard time doing so Uh, that's a bonus action frankie is there anything you'd like to do with your action probably not since everyone's running towards him he's he's assuming they're all going to come to him we'll hold an action to blast him (laughs) a firebolt if anyone tries to attack anyone else that's not karen you hand out your your spell on this on this dwarf that uh there's running towards you like eyes just ablaze with fire you're like that person needs protecting uh and you and you can see that like flynn and, and idafer are like running along with her in the background behind you uh the demon guards have now drawn their weapons uh which you know to be these like uh, gunpowder rifles that are like lethal at medium to close range. Each of them let go a blast. Um, but Frankie, you see something amazing is that just behind you, all of the projectiles seem to hit an invisible wall and all of the demons begin swearing. <laughs> at the end of the round, the Admiral is going to catch up. Flynn, this is not who you would expect uh, to be someone named the Admiral. You see captain cherish the man who betrayed you in the old world on a white horse you've seen the admiral before in like her official regalia and he's wearing like a male version of that you know like the the shoulders with the little tufts on them big like grand white collar big jacket kind of thing Mm. but also you see that with him uh running to keep up and holding a big sword out for him to take at any moment you can see your friend cassie Oh, shit. <laughs> he takes the sword from Cassie and begins swinging it at some of the dwarves that he can see. Um, I'm going to roll three attacks against three of the dwarves. Uh, first one is a 16 hits. Second one is a 22 hits. Third one is an 11 does not hit. His big sword um, combined with the, 
the force that he has when he's on this horse and swinging his sword is going to knock two of the insurgency dwarves off of one of the bobbies. Top of the round, the insurgency dwarves are next. The two who got knocked off as they fall off the bobby and land on the cobbles, um, they're each going to do a forward roll and both of them disappear into a puff of smoke. <laughs> Karen, now that you are out of harm's way, what would the dwarves do next? They would. Their standing order is not to put themselves in harm's way, but instead to follow Karen unseen and unheard. Sure. So as Karen gets away, they also start fading away into the cityscape. Sure. So, you know, the, the ones on the edge of the battle just fade away. The remaining dwarves who are dogpiling on the bobbies just... <laughs> Each of them just disappear into like a dusty smoke, leaving the guards confused. Do they do anything else with their turn or are they just back to tracking you? No, I think I think that because their standing orders are to not get hurt, like Karen specifically wants them just to more be like a guerrilla force that comes in, does some damage, gets out of there. What Karen is trying to do now is just to get out of view of the various bobbies, yep. demons, tieflings, humans cherish and they will cover her escape essentially they will be there to yeah you know walk across the road with a pane of glass <laughs> yeah perfect uh, that, so like half of them are back to playing random citizens yeah half of them you know pff, 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 disappear into the into the ether the bobbies are up next and the four of you hear something that you've heard before. Flynn, you've only heard this in one occasion before, but the three of the three remaining of you at night, this has woken you up in the middle of the night oh. before. Mm. It is a terrifying sound that you've never heard up close, but you know that when you hear it, destruction follows. The three bobbies scream. <gasps> all three of them like bolt towards you and all three of them run just head first full speed into the wall of force i'm gonna roll some saves first one fails second one fails third one succeeds Ooh. the third one manages to uh scramble over the top of the invisible wall frankie go ahead and roll me an attack with advantage for the firebolt that you were holding okay attack with advantage roll that is uh 18 to hit Oh, kill him. Oh. You draw from the fire around you, from the fire in the atmosphere, as you know how to do, and you bring your uh, your sidearm up, which is like a, it's a gun similar to what the guards have, but this is a one-of-a-kind thing, and you use it to uh, focus uh, the fire around you, and a little ball of fire sits in the chamber, and when you pull the trigger, it just goes straight into the head of the bobby, climbing this wall that you didn't even know was there. <laughs> Hits him straight in the face. Uh, and he falls back down. That is the Bobby's turn. The four of you now have a turn in a block, so I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to essentially roll to escape uh, from this situation. Yeah, yes, please. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. What do I have to roll? I'll let you guys decide. You guys pick a skill check based on how you're getting out of here. Is it a disguise? Are you rolling deception? Are you running as fast as you can? Is it athletics? Um, are you using a spell to get out of here? Is it an arcana check? You guys tell me what group check you're rolling. I would like to stealth, but mm. what are you guys like? If we're going with what, what we're strongest at, I'm strongest at, at athletics, so, like, Karen's instinct is just to gap it. But, I mean, probably 
all of us have got something different that we would yeah. like to do to get out yeah. of here. But I think because Karen uh, is such a powerful figure, she probably would be the leading. I think we'd probably go strength, even though Frank and I aren't very good at it. So, if, for example, if you wanted to climb the building, you could roll uh, acrobatics. What I want to find out is I don't want to do a group check of something that one of you is good at. I want to pick something that a few of you are okay at and use that to get out of here. Yeah, because I could do acrobatics. Maybe we could do an acrobatics. Yeah. Yeah. We could do an acrobatics. What oh, do you guys yeah. feel about that? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, Frankie. Frankie is okay at that. <laughs> well then. You guys pick. What group chick are you rolling? I mean, to be fair, Frankie would probably just cast fly on himself and fly up the door, but that's mm -hmm. fine. The three of you who are climbing, roll me a dexterity acrobatics checks. Frankie, roll me a dexterity arcana check. And this is this is still a group check. <laughs> Karen got a twenty-two. Nice. You got a twenty-four. Nice. Um, Ida got a nine. Ah! <laughs> Ooh. Uh, a natural 20. The DC to get out of here successfully was 15, uh, oh, and sure. you have all passed uh, together as a group. Frankie, like, crouches and then just, like, flings up into the air. Karen, you grab Flinvar and you just throw him with this crazy <laughs> strength that you found, and he catches on to, like, a washing line that's hanging in between the buildings and just uses it to propel himself up to a balcony and then up to the roof. Idafa, you go for a similar move. You try to jump off a box and you go, you do the thing that ninjas do, right? Where you go like wall, 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 uh -huh. like, but on your way up, you do accidentally start to slip and Frankie uh, grabs onto your hands to catch you and bring you the rest of the way up to the roof. 100% Frankie would. And it's smolder too. <laughs> just looking. Do you mean smolder as in looking good or smolder as in he on is on fire? Really burning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he because his his jetpack is singeing. His jetpack is singeing his jacket. Frankie, what does your what does it look like when you fly? Do you have jet boots? So you do have a jetpack. What does your fly look like? So it's kind of like uh, a brace, but it's under his clothes. So with his fly, uh, it will sort of bust out from his back. Uh, he hasn't quite learnt how to like create something that doesn't destroy clothes. <laughs> this is a prototype, but it looks a lot more put together. So it looks like a bunch of like cylinders that creates the wings, but the the cylinders instead of being like flappy wings are just like flames, but they look like <laughs> feathers. And he looks like a flaming bloody angel because he had this weird sort of vision. Like, hmm, I'm pretty sure I've seen these like women with wings this one time in a dream that kind of looks like fire so i'm going to recreate that oh it was just a dream totally not i'm the world he's from <laughs> Idafa, when you when you slip and your hands touch each other uh, as frankie like zips back down to help you the rest of the way up your skin touches one another and frankie there's a burst of red light as uh, you're blinded for just a moment and then you realize that hanging oddly heavily around your neck is this uh, necklace really similar to the one that you can see Idafer is now wearing that he wasn't wearing before. Yours is red and in your hands, fumbling up your controls for your flying contraption, you're now holding a weird crossbow but you do still manage to uh, help Idafer up the rest of the way. Karen's kind of jumped up after Flynn and she's at the top of the, at, on the roof kind of jogging away like oh oh my gosh oh my gosh oh oh i've never done anything like that before that was that was very exciting but you have though so we've got so that's i we've got i what do you mean you've got me uh, we were looking for you who's the guy next to you who are you oh isn't that isn't that 
Professor Francis Delaney. One and the same. You are, right? Yeah, that's me, I assume. Oh, oh my god, oh, Flynn, you must be making a mistake. That's Professor Francis. He works for the Emperor. Uh, oh, you work for the Emperor. This has turned out to be a bit of a... This is awkward. I'm feeling a lot of awkward energy. While everyone's talking, Idafa, your like sense of the situation, you know that you're not out of the woods yet, and it's only a few it's only a matter of moments until you are caught up with. There are very likely guards rushing to this area from every direction, and you can only think of one safe place not far away from here to get uh, Frankie and whoever these two are, and that is the resistance headquarters. Mm-hmm. Roll me an insight. Okay. That's a 19. You're taking a big risk bringing the Broker of Bloodshed to your hidden headquarters. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, you're taking an even bigger risk uh, staying here with the Bobbies uh, when this little guy, uh, who you don't know very well, you already know him by reputation, clearly seemed to be on the head of the insurgency's side in this, in this conflict. Yeah. And your snap decision-making tells you okay this like i probably need to bring him as well mm. like at this point it's possible that frankie is probably the greatest like risk mm. because he is known to work for the emperor <laughs> and you had already decided to bring him yeah. anyway and i mean mr onagon does also have an extremely <laughs> ugly necklace on yeah you're all wearing matching matching hideous jewelry and so the the three of them are kind of talking to each other about who frankie is and you realize that you probably have like <laughs> seconds and you need to you need to act now idafa uh, part of me wants to knock Frankie out so that he like so he's dead weight and we can just carry him and he doesn't know where we're going. Um, but I won't do that. I'll just be like, uh, like that would be a fair thing to do. <laughs> I'll just be like, uh, 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 come with me. Good idea. Let's get out of here. Okay. And I'll pull them all to where we're going. Karen, Flynn, Frankie, what do you guys do? I look at Flynnvar. Good idea. Yeah, I trust. I trust Flynn. Idafa looks like he knows what he's doing. I say, okay. Yeah, your way, team. Flynn like yells. Yeah, Frankie would just be like, okay, like something's going on, and I want to get to the bottom of this. And I suppose the only way I'm going to is by going along with this. So Frankie goes along, <laughs> but he takes notes. <laughs> His head. It is precisely 25 seconds later when a Bobby bursts onto the ceiling from the, whatever room was below you, uh, just bursts out of the tiles, uh, jumps onto the roof, and screams into the air. Because the four strangers, whom were here only moments earlier, have gone away. They are now known as the Away Team. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> There they go, fools on my leash. As Emperor, I would like to thank you for listening to my show and invite you back tomorrow morning to join me for a little ceremony. 